Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to The Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 414 of The Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis, and today I am accompanied by Kia Hammond. Hey, Kia. Hi, Megan. So happy to be chatting with you again. Um, Kia has been a member of our contributor team since the beginning of that, so it's been a while now. You've been on a few different Mom Hour episodes, and we regularly feature you on our Instagram. So regular listeners... Kia has been around for a while. Um, you and I actually did a couple different episodes together. We talked about baby showers and baby gear. That was Voices 77. We talked about um, preparing kids for a new baby. That was Voices 67. And then you were on, I believe, with Sarah talking about postpartum care and mental health. And that was Voices 74. So you've now been on three episodes. Is that correct? I think that's right. That's so crazy, but so cool. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. And if you're noticing a trend, usually, uh, Kia, when you're on the show, we have just happened to talk about a lot of baby content. You've got a, you know, you've got little ones and um, you're a nurse in a, I believe, a mother baby unit. So like you've got a lot of experience around that. And a lot of the content you create on your Instagram is around um, parenting little ones and being pregnant and being a, a mom of, of young babies. But you're also the mom of a teenager who is 14. So your oldest is the same age as my youngest. I find that delightful. Um, Kia, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family setup right now, how old your kids are, um, and what you, I know you have just pretty recently returned to work, uh, your working mom life. So tell us all about that. And then I want to talk a little bit about parenting 14 year old girls. Yes. Okay. So I have four children. Maya is my oldest. She just turned 14. And then I also have a five-year-old girl, a three-year-old boy, and the baby Elsie is almost 16 months old. Wow. I, yes. I just went back to work at the end of February. Um, I went back to the exact same job and everything I had before I left um, during COVID. And that is on a mother baby or postpartum newborn unit. It's my absolute dream job. So it was quite the adjustment, but I'm really happy to be back. I love this. Your daughter looks like is like a mini you. <laughs> you posted oh, a yeah. picture of the two oh. of you. Um, I Was it on her 14th birthday that you posted that picture? Yes. yes. For a second, honestly, I couldn't tell which one was which. I was <laughs> like, wait, is that Kia? No, that's Kia's daughter. So <laughs> um, yes. and we went to dinner on her actual birthday and the mm -hmm. server was like, are you two? twins and I was just like you know giggly like, <laughs> oh, thank you so much. like even though I'm the mom <laughs> right yes 
Well, I will tell you, as someone who started um, having kids pretty young, I used to get questions a lot about whether I was the older sister. Now that I'm in my mid-40s, that does not happen anymore. <laughs> but like, I feel like the age gap is widening somehow. Um, but that's really what we're kind of here to talk about today. We're going to talk about the experience of both parenting teens and having been teens when we were pregnant with our first kids. Um, you actually had, I was 20 by the time my oldest was born but you were still a teenager when your oldest was born. And I just think that gives us a really different perspective on a lot of things having to do um, with parenting, especially now that our kids are getting older and mine are getting way older. So before we dive into that, Kia, though, let's talk a little bit about 14 uh, year old girls. Like, what are you loving about this stage? Uh, so what's really cool about my 14 year old right now is that she goes to the exact same school that I went to when I was 14. Oh my gosh. We live in the same city that we lived in. Like we live right now a few blocks from where I grew up. So like her hangout area is my hangout area when I was 14. So I just feel so much nostalgia. And then if you know right now that, you know, teenagers are very into the 90s and early yes. 2000s culture and style. It just feels so crazy that she's like wearing things and buying things that I used to wear. And it, it kind of makes me feel a little old because like, wow, my kid is into the things I used to be into. But also it's just so cool. It helps me relate to her so much more. Okay. So first of all, is she a freshman yet or is she eighth grade She's freshman? Eighth grade. eighth grade. So that my daughter is also in eighth grade and 14. So very similar. Um, I think, and their birthdays were similar times too. Like Clara just turned 14 back in March. So we're really yeah, like, um, yeah. Okay. So, um, I I'm curious what her in like her interpretation of 90s style is. Cause I will tell you, Clara looks like she got dressed out of a rag bag most days. And I'm, I'm like, I, it is the 90s style, but it's that very baggy, like skaterly looking clothing, which is not how I dressed in the 90s at all. And I'm a little baffled by it. What about your daughter? Okay. So like when she goes to school, sometimes I'm thinking like, did you actually wear that? Because she has like these huge sweatpants on and a really big graphic tee. Yes. So, like, it is kind of rag dolly where like everything is really oversized. Yes. And I remember wearing a lot of oversized clothes. Like I, re I definitely remember wearing a lot of my dad's clothes. Um, Clara wears a lot of her older brother's clothes, but it's just, yeah, graphic tees and shapeless pants. And I try to, you know, take her shopping, but I just stay out of it now because I don't understand. I'll be like, isn't this cute? And she looks like she wants to puke. The only thing she wears that I probably would have worn similar. She really likes the, um, like the plaid skirts. Remember when those were in? Yeah. Yeah. I can get behind that. <laughs> The craziest part of it all is that she's wearing the clothes that I used to wear, right? But if I like, if we go shopping and I'm like, oh, this is cute automatically because I say it's cute, it's a yeah, no. Exactly. But if she sees it first, then it's cute. So it's just, it's also like, well, do you like my style or not? Because you're wearing the clothes I used to wear. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Like I was here first. I will say I took um, Clara to like a, a consignment store and I let her and Owen, who's 17, go in together. And it was so fast. They made like really good choices to get, well, I'm not going to say they were good choices. It was still a bunch <laughs> of graphic tees, but I mean, they like together, they shopped so much better than she and I can shop together. And I think it is because of that resistance like that, yeah. you know, um, mom said it's cute. So I don't think so. Absolutely. Um, curious if you're having any challenges with the 14 year old, have you seen a big jump in the last year? I know they say girls, I had boys before Clara and they say that boys mature more slowly. I think that's probably true. I kind of feel like Clara's hitting the, 
I'm not going to say grumpies, but like the little bit of a um, sluggish phase that her brothers didn't really hit to like 15, 16. Wondering how you're doing with Maya. So she definitely requires a lot of time by herself to recharge. Yep. Um, which I do not identify with. So I'm very much like an extrovert and I don't remember always like having to be in my room and needing a lot of space away from my siblings. I mean, I didn't really have that luxury either. So I tried to give her that, like, you know, I try to keep the three littles away for her from her when I feel like she really needs that time to be like away from them. You know, they can be kind of crazy too. Yeah. Um, my husband takes it personally sometimes that like she wants to be like in the basement by herself or in her room. And so I just kind of remind myself and him, really the whole family, like she needs some time by herself too, um, to process her busy days. You know, she's in sports and she comes home from practices tired and, you know, she's just got a lot going on too. So it is hard for me to let her have that space, but I really want to provide her with that space. Yeah, that's so funny. Clara is very similar um, in her. So her oldest brother, who was my first teenager, was not just an extrovert, but he was just around all the time. Like he wanted to be in the center of everything and kind of sucking up all the energy in the room. So he was right in there with his younger siblings. And now Clara at the other end is just like, she won't even sometimes go out to hang out with her cousins or a friend's house. Cause she'll say, I don't know. I'm just really feeling, you know, my bedroom and my bed tonight. And I, I don't know, she's in there drawing and listening to music or whatever being emo. So it's, it's, it, there's been relatively low drama, um, which is great, but it is a little bit like, oh, come on. Don't you want to hang out with us? Exactly. And I even try to like, well, you can bring a friend over too. You guys can all hang out. <laughs> why would my, she'll say, why would my friends want to hang out with, like, with you, mom? <laughs> like, there's, there's nothing to do here, which is funny because I mean, what is there to do at her friend's house is that she couldn't do at our house. But you know, yes, it's, yes. it's very different. I, I do remember that. Um, okay. One more thing I want to talk about before we get into our main conversation here is, you know, I think there's this idea that as your kids get older, they become easier or like less time consuming. And I have found that in some ways to be true and in some ways not to be true. Teenagers don't need you quite the same way as a toddler, but there's still so much driving around, um, so much sort of managing their, like helping them manage their lives and their workloads and things like that. So I'm wondering how that's going now that you're back to work full time and how you're making that all work. Yeah. So because we live in the city, it actually works out really well that she can like walk to her practices and such. She walks to school. So I don't have to worry about that, which is, you know, a big help. Everything's close by here in the city. Um, as far as managing everything, like keeping up with her practices and her concerts for chorus and, oh, well, you got to sign up for softball this day. Mm -hmm. um, she is very organized. Like she has her planner that's color coded. So she very much get, gets that from me. Um, so I just kind of, you know, make sure she knows she has to keep up with these things too, because I also have three other children. Right. Um, <laughs> so it's like a, like it's teamwork as far as that part yeah. is concerned too. But yeah, it's definitely this, it's very much similar, but very much different as far as parenting toddlers too, because it's like a lot of more uh, heart load, I want to say, mm. than physical load when you're raising teenagers. Yes, I totally agree. Yeah. It's like the mental and emotional energy. And we sometimes take stuff on that we don't really need to. Uh, and I'm thinking, you know, of, of me having to set boundaries, even with my kids coaches at, at times and say, well, I'm not the one who joined the swim team. 
So could you please, could you please tell my son he's got the swim, you know, the lesson or the uh, practice? I don't want to be the one that has to, you know, always be the one relaying this information. Sometimes you can go directly to the source. And I think sometimes it's hard for us to like let go of that when we have teens. It's definitely hard. And that's why I try to make sure she knows, like, if you have track practices coming up, you put it in the family calendar. Yeah. If you need a ride to specific something, I need you to put it in the calendar so she can take responsibility for herself for those things. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, we're all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite Factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Well, Kia, I would love for us to um, start off, I guess, by sharing our own parenting stories. So we can talk about when we had our our oldest kids. um, And then I would also love to share not only the age we were when we had our oldest, but then the age we were when our oldest became a teenager, which for you just happened. So it's the age you are now. And then whatever you want to share about, I know you were a really young mom and I was a pretty young mom. Um, anything you want to share about that, I would love to hear. Yeah. So um, I actually 
gave birth to Maya a month after my 16th birthday. Um, I was a sophomore in high school. I had her in March. So um, I went back to high school, I think, before the end of the school year was over. So like the way that it worked was a teacher came to my home and would drop off like schoolwork every week for me to finish while I still took care of my baby for like, I want to say like six, eight weeks. Okay. Um, and yeah, my parents worked second shift, so they were happy to have Maya at home with them and went until I got home from school, um, during the day, which was, you know, the biggest blessing. They really wanted me to stay in regular high school. Um, I also had a job, so I worked on the weekends. Um, and yeah, so I graduated high school, um, with my class at 18 with a two-year-old. Wow. And that's a very different experience than what you were seeing happening around you, I'm sure. Um, we, before we started recording, we were kind of chatting um, about how sometimes people will like look at a young mom who's, you know, now like in her 30s or something or in her late 20s, and they know that you're a younger mom, but they don't really do the math and realize how much yeah. younger you were, especially because now you've got three younger kids that you had when you, I guess, were in your 20s. Yeah. 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 So um, I... Went to college. I moved out at 18 and then I went to college at 19. I didn't graduate nursing school until I was uh, 24, but I got married when I was 23, met my husband. And then, um, so I just turned 30. So I had three babies back to back in five years. And I mean, when you put it all like that, it sounds so fast because now here we are. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And you are, so you're 30 now. Yes. And you're, so your oldest is 14 and you're 30. And I love it because, um, you know, they talk about the caboose baby sometimes, like you'll have a bunch of kids and then there'll be like a long gap and there'll be the caboose baby at the end. You sort of did it in reverse. <laughs> you had like yeah. whatever the word at the beginning would be and then a gap and then and then the three littles. But uh, I love your story because I feel like it maybe takes some of that. Um, I don't know. I know there's a lot of like shock around teenage parenting, a lot of like, you know what I mean? Like the, the pearl clutching and I think you and your parents really worked together, it sounds like, to do the best that you could for Maya. And really, it doesn't even sound like there was that much disruption in your life. You still went to high school. You still went to college. Like, you did all of those things. It just was probably pretty different than what it looked like for your friends. Yeah. And I think the um, a big important part of it, too, is that I, I have shared before that I have a lot of siblings. So um, it was just one extra kid in the house. So right. really... It was like seven kids in the house with Maya. So her growing up with my, my siblings, like it just felt like one big, huge family. Um, so that helped so much because I didn't have to deal with like the guilt of her, like not having siblings. Yeah. I didn't have siblings, but she grew up with my siblings. Um, and then uh, I knew that I always wanted more kids. I just wanted to wait to make sure that I wouldn't do it alone again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. Now, are, is she close with your siblings still? Oh, yes. Yeah. Her and my baby sister are only five years apart, and they truly are like sisters. It's beautiful. Oh, that is great. It's like, it's it's really that intergenerational thing, which I think is really cool and um, isn't something a lot of kids get to experience anymore, but I, I just love that. Yeah. Well, everybody who's listened to the show for very long probably already knows my story, but I'll just briefly recap it because it's a, it's like, I was just a few years older than you, but it was a those few years make a big difference. So I got pregnant at 19. I was a college sophomore. Um, I ended up dropping out of school and got married. And then I had four more kids over the next 11 years. 
So I was 33 when Jacob turned 13 and um, 44 when Clara became a teen. So um, yeah, it was, I was almost 45 when Clara became a teen because she was born when I was, let's see, 31, but very close to 32. Um, yeah. And it's now we're on the fast track in my, in my household with my oldest being 25 and my youngest being 14. And then the second youngest being 17 and about to be a senior. I'm like on the, I don't want to say downward spiral. That sounds terrible, but like it's, it's all moving very quickly. Like I can feel time speeding up and within a year, I'm going to be almost down to one kid in the house, which I'm sure right now you can't really remember what that felt like. (laughs) So it's, yeah, it's really crazy. Um, all right. Well, we now both have kids that are either the age we were when we had kids or quickly approaching that age. I mean, I've definitely now, when I look at my oldest three, um, I was pregnant by this time. So Will's 19. He's my middle child. By the time mm-hmm. I was his age, I was pregnant with his oldest brother. So I could look at all three of the, the oldest and be like, man, you guys, when I was your age, this is the life I was living. And you're not quite there yet with Maya, but you will be pretty soon. So let's just talk through some of the challenges and benefits of that. Um, I guess the challenge I will say is that sometimes I have a hard time relating to my older kids, the ones who are older than I was before I had kids, because their lives are just so different. Like I'll look at my 25 year old or my 23 year old and they just don't know what they want to do with their lives or whatever. I want to say, man, by the time I was your age, I had two kids or I had three kids, like get it together. And I have to remind myself sometimes that not only is that not everyone's path, it probably, you know, was a, it made my life a little harder than it needed to be. And they can figure their stuff out um, in their own time. So that's one challenge. I think that sometimes I can really relate to the kids because I'm a little closer, but sometimes it's like, I can't relate at all because my experience was so different. What about you? Yeah. So I want to say, um, the benefits, um, and like we talked about earlier, me and Maya were so similar in our, in their, in our ages when she yeah. was her, when she was 14, um, when I was 14, sorry. Um, so we have so much in common. Like we both really love to read. Our styles are pretty similar. Um, like she likes to share some of my clothes. Um, we, I really relate to her because she's also the oldest of a lot of kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the oldest girl. And so, so was I, although it's still a little bit different, um, which I think is also one of the challenges. So I didn't really have the space to like not be around my siblings. So I was very yeah. much a part of like helping raise them. I mean, that's just how it was when I was growing up, you know, as the oldest daughter, um, I was the babysitter when my parents went to work. Um, And so um, I try really hard to make sure she doesn't have to have too much input or responsibility. Um, But sometimes that is kind of hard, too, because I'm like, like, you're having trouble keeping up with chores. And like, I asked you to watch your siblings while I ran to the store and you just seem kind of overwhelmed. And it's like in my head, I'm like, get it together, girl. But Uh, yeah, yeah. Also, I do um, want her to have a different life than I had, you know. Um, so it's just like finding that balance between making sure she has some responsibility, um, and then not putting too much on her to, to like overwhelm her. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And I feel like too, that we, you know, we think back, like we can remember things about ourselves at that age, but I can't truly remember what it was actually like to be 14. It's like, even the, I, even my interpretation of it now is like through my older adult lens. So um, sometimes I wonder if I'm even remembering correctly, <laughs> like what yes. that and was like. like, like as the parent, I'm like, 
man, how was my mom feeling when I was yeah. <laughs> when I was 14? Like you just have such a different lens now. Absolutely. And I just, I also feel like I'm so overwhelmed with um, wanting to make sure I'm doing it right. Like whatever that means, right? I just feel like I'm so um, focused on doing it the right way. I think because I want to do it so much more differently than when I was um, raised and brought up. Um, and I don't mean that as like such a negative thing. I just feel like there's a lot more resources out there for yes. us of teens and an overwhelmingly amount of resources, I will say. <laughs> yes, I, I agree. And I think, you know, it's like you look at the way you were raised and I I don't I, like my parents did the best they could. And I'm sure some things they did great. I can actually look back and say, wow, here were some things my parents did really right. Or here was some ways I really had a great experience compared to my friends or was really um, prepared for life in a way that maybe some other kids weren't. And then I'm like, okay, but it would have been nice if this thing was different. And some of that is just, that's just life. Like we're always trying to do a little better for our kids than we feel like we were done for. And whether that's even true or not, I guess that's what keeps us trying and, and um, paying attention. And you're right. There are so many resources out there right now about what teens are going through and um, what's happening in their emotional lives and what's happening in their uh, peer lives and that our parents just didn't have access to. Yeah. Well, along those notes, Kia, you were really young when you had your oldest and, and I'm, you know, she's, she's still younger than you were when you got pregnant, but it's coming up. That time is coming up pretty soon. Do you feel like there's a possibility you might be a little hypervigilant with her or maybe a little more protective or controlling um, than you'd like to be? Or on the other side, do you think that maybe you can look at her and say, okay, well, I had some challenges, but things turned out okay. And I can actually be a little relaxed. Like, how do you think you'll handle her teenage years through the perspective of what your teenage experience was like? So, uh, have, you know, being pregnant at 15, I missed out on a lot of regular teenage years things, you know, because yeah. 16, 17, 18, 19, I was already a mom. So I just want her to have the best regular teenage experiences. However, I also know that um, being open with her about like my experience, you know, how I got into that situation anyway, um, yeah. um, bridging the gap of knowledge that I didn't have to make sure that she has it, um, to make sure that she, you know, makes better choices, has a better experience. Um, I think that's what I'm mainly focused on. However, I also know that having a baby as a teenager is not the end all be all. Like it's not the worst thing someone can do or experience. Yeah. Um, but of course I don't want that for my child. So like I said, I'm just really open with her and about I just kind of all things. I just kind of let her know that I am there to listen. Um, and you know, we can talk about all things. We have a notebook that we pass back and forth on each other's nightstands. If, um, I don't know if you know this with Clara, but like kids aren't very good about communicating their feelings these days. Mm. And while I want her to be verbal about them, I know that, I mean, kids these days just like to text and write. Yes. <laughs> write yeah. more. So I figured a way to kind of bridge some of the gaps in communication with us was to have this little notebook. And we've been doing that for a couple months now. And she really will um, write some things in there that she doesn't say in person, whether she's, you know, can't find the right words or is kind of nervous or scared. Um, so I just feel really good about that. I love that. I think I'm going to steal that because um, <laughs> I have noticed, you know, with Clara, it's she's very she's she's very easygoing and sweet. 
And even her rebellion comes out like kind of tentatively, you know, it'll be like a little comment she'll make under her breath or whatever. And then if I not even challenge her, it's not like I'm like, what did you say? But I'll be like, oh, what was that? She kind of just backs off. And I don't want her to feel like she has to be so palatable to everybody all the time that she can't express herself. And maybe that would be easier if it was done um, on paper or in writing or, or even texting. Like she and I could text about things too. So I really like that idea. Um, cause I have noticed, and, and I don't know if you've noticed this, I think it's a very teenage girl thing and I'm sure I did it too. Yeah. There can be so much over the top drama. Like if I say, how was your day? Oh, it was the worst. It's like so dramatic <laughs> that it's hard for me sometimes to take seriously because when everything is dramatic, then I don't really think she means it ever, but sometimes she probably really does mean it. And I, I think having that notebook or some way to communicate would help me figure out when that is. Yeah, it's been really working for us. And I've been really surprised at the things that she's willing to write down and tell me. Yeah. Well, Kia, you are just at the very beginning of the period of um, parenting teens. And you've still got three kids behind Maya. So you're going to get to go through it three more times. <laughs> One full time still, because Maya's still got a few years um, ahead of her of teenage years, right? And then like three more so is there anything you're worried about, concerned about, maybe excited for when you think about being a parent of teens? So I'm really excited for my younger three to like all be teens together oh, um, because they're all born like kind of back to back. And that's how I grew up. So I just feel like I had the best childhood with my siblings. And I'm really excited for them to experience that. Like they'll all be in the same middle school and high school together. And um, we actually just bought a new house. We didn't move into it yet. But the reason I we bought that house is because I could see my teenagers living in it. And it just made me so excited. So I am really excited for that part. However, <laughs> the downside would then be having three teenagers at once. Right. Yes. <laughs> they take up a lot more room than you'd think. I remember when my kids were little, we lived in this like little house that had... Um, when you went through, you know, like you, you kind of pass through an open area. To, you, you can like walk from the living room to the dining room, to the kitchen, back into the living room. You know what I mean? Like it's a big circle. And at one point I looked around and thought, oh, at some point, everyone's legs are going to be really long when they're sitting on the sofa. And literally kids are going to trip as they're going around. <laughs> so it really like they do take up a lot more space. Their clothes take up more space. They start to smell. You know, there's just there are a lot of things happening when there's three teenagers or more in a house. Yeah, the emotional toll, I'm thinking. Of. And then yeah. two of them will be girls and then one, you know, a boy. And I'm just like, I can't wait to see like the difference of raising a teen boy versus two teen girls at the same time. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just the emotional toll that they all will take, you know. What is the age gap between your two girls that'll be teens together? Three years. Three years. Okay, man, I've heard some stories about teenage girls fighting like. Yep. I, it's not something because my sister is 10 years older than me. Um, so my next oldest sibling was a boy and he was four years older. We never really fought. I mean, he was, he kind of bullied me a little bit, like in that older brother kind of way. Um, yeah. but we didn't fight and, and my youngest is the only girl. So I haven't had that experience, but man, everybody I talked to who grew up with a teenage sister is like, uh, it was really bad for a while so and my sister who's the closest in age to me we're two years apart and so yes I can say we have had some pretty crazy fights but also we're still really close to this day we've always had all of the same friends we share clothes 
Honestly, I think the biggest fights between teenage girls is like taking up each other's clothes and makeup yes. and jewelry. <laughs> And getting and into each other's share. like space and, you know, yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that for yeah. sure. And it's already planned that they're going to share a room. So they're just going to have to like, you know, get used to each other. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, and the nice thing is that we know from experience and, you know, cause you actually experienced it, they fight, but that's part of it. And then that doesn't mean they won't grow up necessarily grow up to be close. And so, um, there's a lot of opportunity there and it sounds like, you know, growing up with closeness with your siblings and extended family is a big value in your family that I'm sure they will see modeled, you know? And, um, and that is one of those things that I think when they see it modeled, it's just that much more likely that'll happen for them. So I love that. And with Maya, my teenager being 14 and her, um, her and my second daughter are eight years apart. And so right now, as you can imagine, the 14 year old gets very easily annoyed by the five-year-old. Yes. Um, which is normal. I totally get it because when me and one of my closest sisters are eight years apart and we are closer than ever right now in this stage of life. And so I just always tell her there's going to be seasons that you're going to be close to your sister and there's seasons that she's going to be annoying to you and it's going to ebb and flow. And sometimes you're going to be really annoying to her too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just tell, you know, at the end of the day, I just want them to know that you know, your sisters, you're always going to have this relationship and it's going to be what you make of it. Because honestly, with Maya being the oldest, she's going to set the tone for how the rest of the siblings, you know, treat each other and show up for each other. And I know that that's like a big burden because I had to carry it too. Um, But I just want her to know the importance of that. Yeah, I love that. My sister is 10, you know, as the oldest of the family, she's 10 years older than me. And she tells some really funny stories about when I was the annoying younger sister. Of course, I didn't think of myself as annoying at all. I thought I was an angelic little sister, but just the weird things I would do. Like one time I got all into all of her maxi pads and stuck them in my doll's underwear. I guess I just didn't know what they were. And I stuck them in my doll's underwear. And she talked about how her friend, she and her friend were just laughing and laughing for hours about that. And I just had no idea what was going on. Um, but the annoying part was that I got into all our maxi pads, right? So it's like, <laughs> I just, um, little kids do weird things sometimes. And, um, but you know, I think in our family, the siblings are all close and a big part of that is because my sister was a leader in that way. So I think that is really important. Um, and I'm sure in your family, it is a burden, but like it's a burden with some rewards. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. 
Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, Kia. Well, I have kind of had you in the hot seat. I've asked you a whole bunch of questions. I would love to know if you have questions for me about my experience raising teens or just whatever you want to ask me. So we talked about the um, similarities and differences between teens and toddlers, right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I want to know, do you feel like the pressure of raising teens, like as far as like um, being able to share your journey of raising teenagers, because now you have a bunch of them. Yeah. For, like, do you feel much more protective about what you share? I always like to say it's easy to like complain about your newborn not sleeping or that your toddler's you know, um, fighting potty training or like throwing fits a lot. But like when you, I feel so protective of my teenager and I feel like I cannot share with really that many people because especially whether they have teenagers or not, because I just feel like everyone is so judgmental. Yes. Protect like their, I don't know, their innocence, but just their person. Yes. Uh, I'm there with you. I think the nice thing is that I can now that so many of them are older, I can be a little vague if I'm talking and they've uh, many of them have moved past it. I have kids who are like legit adults now, so I can I can kind of talk about some of the things we dealt with when they were teenagers without actually having to call any one kid out who's still going through that thing. Um, but 100 percent, I feel like it's very lonely to be going through um because when teenagers have problems, they tend to be like big problems. And that's not to say they don't also have little problems. I just don't think we always know about the little problems. They like learn how to deal with those themselves or they kind of keep them to themselves. So we, we learn about the problems when they become big enough that they need help with them or that they're affecting family life or something like that. And they're not cute. Like you said, it's not cute little problems like, oh, my two-year-old won't stop tantruming and everybody else it is kind of in solidarity because everyone's been through that. I mean, we're talking things like, oh, you know, um, a list of the things you could be going through with your teenager. They could be, they could have a drug problem. They could be dealing um, with issues around gender and sexuality. They're really, they're having a hard time with. They could be, they could be really struggling with their mental health or they could be suicidal. Like there's so many things that are really big and those aren't, I don't feel like those are things that are easy to talk about even with close family. Um, let alone publicly. You just can't get the same easy like affirmation that you can when you have a little one and people in the in the grocery store are like, oh, it'll get better. <laughs> it doesn't happen that way. And you're so right too about the judginess. I feel like there is this idea that 
our kids are reflections of us and our parenting and that the proof is in the pudding and that, you know, you're, if your 17 year old is getting all A's and on track to go to a great college, that's because of something you did. Whereas if you're 17 year old is struggling. That's because of something you didn't do. And, um, now that I have four kids who are 17 and up and all five of my kids are teenagers and up, I can just tell you that is not true. Like I've been the same mom. I haven't parented every single kid exactly the same, but I've been the same mom to all five of my kids and they've had very different experiences as teenagers. And, um, I think that's just, they're allowed to be their own people and, and we're allowed to be our own people and imperfect too. I wish it was easier to talk about some of this stuff, but I agree. I am protective of who my kids are and also allowing them to become who they're going to be. And I think that's just a really, it's like a hard line to walk. Oh, I love all that. I'm just like nodding my head and it just feels like a hug to hear another (laughs) uh, mom of teens say that, especially because this is my first teen, (laughs) teen parenting journey. and I just feel like sometimes you just to decompress after a day that was hard with your teenager. I just feel like I just cry. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And it can feel lonely, like you said. Yeah. And it can, you know, it's it's sometimes you have to remind yourself, like you said, your husband taking um, my it personally when Maya doesn't want to hang out. Um, there are some things I'm really good at not taking personally with with my teenagers. And then there's other things that I really have a hard time. So I don't take it personally if they're kind of grumpy. I don't take it personally if they're like, you know, just like dramatic and that sort of thing. But I do take it personally if they seem to kind of gang up on me, like if they're all having fun and I'm like not invited to the party (laughs) can be a little hurtful. And I have to sometimes remind myself, like I'm not a teenager. I'm not their peer. Um, They don't look to me in that way. And that's actually a good thing. Like it's, we can be friendly, but I'm not really a friend in the same way that a sibling can be. Um, and that means we all have our own roles within the family. And I, I just have to remind myself of that sometimes, but it's not always easy. So what are the, some of the differences you notice with, I mean, besides the obvious girl and boy differences with like raising a girl, a teen girl versus raising teen boys, because also Claire is your last kid. So sometimes yeah. people get, you know, a little more relaxed, but also she's your first girl. Yes. So <laughs> yeah. how is that? Yeah. Well, it's, it's so interesting. I think I would totally say that I'm like more relaxed now in many ways, but she also hasn't done anything yet. That's like raised my eyebrows at all. Um, she's still a very young 14 year old, I think. So she's got like her two best friends and they're just all kind of geeky together and they like to get together and I don't know what they do, draw and act like kids and play on the karaoke machine that like, they're not out yet doing the things that like might concern me. Um, so I feel like ask me that question again in two years and I might have a very different answer. I remember like looking at my boys at some point being like, would you just go get in trouble? What are you doing? But you know, then it kind of made it a little easier on me too, because I didn't, there wasn't that culture, at least among their friends that they were hanging out with at the time. I'm not going to say it doesn't exist. I'm sure that it does. So I also think that I realized that kids can really fly under the radar with the boys. And there are sometimes things happening that you have to pry a little bit to be aware of. Um, And I think, unfortunately, having now learned, unfortunately for Clara, now that I've learned that, I probably will be a little more vigilant about some things than I knew to be with the boys. So it might come the other direction. Maybe I'll become less relaxed. I'll also have more time on my hands. Like, I won't have when, you know, Jacob and Isaac were 
Um, in high school, I had three little kids that I was dealing with, exhausted, you know, like I was on a totally different trajectory with those kids. And I was really just trying to keep the home as the focus and like bring the the older kids back into the home and like, you know, create that space for them to want to come back to. Now it's going to be basically Clara and I as the only ladies in the house. What's that going to look like? I'll have more time to be kind of with my nose in her friendships and all kinds of stuff. She might find me really annoying, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Very possible. Maybe I'll go volunteer at the high school and just be there every single day. That would drive oh, me I'm crazy. Oh, I'm sure she loves it. So fun story quick. I volunteered yeah. to sell dance tickets at Maya school. And she was acting like she was so embarrassed, right? Because I'm there in her lunch period. Well, all her friends are coming up to me like, oh, you're Maya's mom. You're Maya's mom. She's so happy you're here. She's been telling all of us to come see you. But mind you, at home, she's like, oh, you're coming to my school. And I'm like, I just like my heart just smile. I'm like, yeah, she thinks I'm kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So Megan, with you being such a young mom, when your kids were like um, old enough to realize how young you were when you had some of them, yeah. did they ever like ask questions about it? Like, are they really curious or like, are their friends really curious? I know growing up when I was in seventh grade, my best friend's mom had him when she was 16. And I thought that was insane. And now, <laughs> and then look at my life, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. I feel like anytime it's so funny because I have a very clear memory of like six months before I got pregnant with my oldest, um, knowing a girl about my age who got pregnant and thinking like, oh, I can't even imagine. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, it was like a little prophecy, like rolled out before me. Um, but yes, so I would say that the prevailing uh, opinion among, or I guess reaction that like Jacob's friends would have when they would meet me is, wow, your mom is so young. And I mean, I wasn't, at that point, I was still in my 30s and I, it wasn't like I was a baby, you know, I wasn't like 23 or anything when I had a 13 year old. Um, but there was a noticeable difference between me and the moms of most of his friends. Um, and that it would come up. Like, I remember feeling really weird at the first middle school and high school, um, you know, back to school nights and things like that, that I would go to because you're walking through this, the middle school or the high school and it's parents who sometimes are like in their fifties or beyond. And I'm barely, I'm like 32 at this point mm -hmm. and thinking like, wow, I am so young. It's funny now how disorienting it is that I'm not the youngest mom on the playground anymore. Or in the school, like if I go in, I'm just a normal aged mom. It's a little weird. Like now I have to get used to that. Um, so you never stop having things to get used to, I guess. Um, I I know the, the kids know their, the story. They know when I got pregnant with Jacob, like they know how old I was. They kind of know the story of like that I was in college and that dad and I were um, both at the same college and just kind of how we met and how that all came together. So they they know all that. I think when they got to be kind of my age, that's when they realized, like Will said to me not too long ago, wow, I just realized I'm the same age as you were when you had, were, were getting pregnant with your first. And I was like, yeah, it's weird, huh? Can you imagine that right now? And he's just like, no. <laughs> so, and both of the older kids at one point had, had some moment where they realized that. So there is curiosity. I think that I was just old enough that I was still to them seemed like an adult. I think if I had been like, you know, like you were like a really like a young teenager or still in high school, they might have a slightly different experience or a different reaction, I guess. I'm curious, has Maya said anything to you about that? Or like, what is, what is her reaction to your story? 
So I think she just thinks it's all pretty like cool and crazy. Yeah. Um, because she doesn't really remember, of course, none of it. But like, um, I have a picture of my graduation where she looks like she was like of our graduating class. Okay. So she thinks that that was all really cool. And like, she knows that she came to like the prom pictures and like all the Friday night football games. And I think she thinks that like, it was, it was kind of cool. And like, I kind of made the best of it. I don't think she's yet putting into her mind, like, wow, what if I got pregnant next year? Right. You know? That's yeah. not on her. That's not on her um, radar yet. No. Which is probably no. a good thing, right? Yes. Yes. And I know she has some friends that are like, I want to have a baby when I'm 18. And so um, I've I've just kind of like had some, you know, teachable, but like chill conversations with some of her friends. Like, well, you know, that's a lot of responsibility and that's still pretty young and you have a lot of life. Yeah. So I just I just feel so passionate about like, you know, young moms. But also I want these girls to still live their lives. Yeah. No, I totally know what you mean. I mean, even though our experiences were um, different, I remember being really protective of young moms. And when I was, especially when I was a younger mom myself, still close to that age and like supportive of and encouraging of like, you can still do like your life is not over. You know, you've still got this long future ahead of you. Um, You don't have to make any decisions right now. Like just take it one step at a time and like find the support you can find and and the resources you're able to find and like th- things can work out at the same time. I wouldn't want necessarily my daughter to make all the same choices I did because I think um, there were challenges that maybe I could have not had. <laughs> so it's like, it, it can sometimes feel like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth when it's like, yay, young parenthood. And you've got this mom. Cause I believe that 100%. And in, in some ways I even feel like becoming a mom really young grounded me and gave me um, kind of some purpose around a life that wasn't really going, wasn't really going anywhere. Not like anybody has to be going anywhere at 19, but I felt a lot of pressure to have my life all figured out at that stage. Um, but at the same time, it's like, Ooh, but what would I tell my daughter about that? Probably to maybe wait a little bit, like a little while. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. And I don't even know if I would be so passionate about like, you know, working in women's health and with, um, moms and, and that's one of my favorite parts of my job is like when I get a 16 year old as a patient, I'm like, I am going to be your best hype man. Yeah. During your stay at the hospital, like um, let's provide you with all the resources. Let's get you all the teaching and then just kind of let them know, like, you know, I was a young mom too. And cause you know, a lot of times, you know, you look up to like your nurses that are educating you and stuff. And so I love to just show them like, you can still do amazing things um, and have the life that you wanted for yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm glad you mentioned about like feeling like you have to have had to have your life together, too, when you had her, Um, because I wanted to ask that, like, did you feel like when you when you got pregnant at 19, you had so much more to prove, like you wanted everyone to know, like, I'm going to be okay. This baby's going to be okay. Yes. Um, We're going to have a great life. Oh, yes. Like, I felt like I had to come out, you know, with my best game face on and. I really do think that I'm not sure if I knew, if I knew differently now um, about how long life is and how much chance, like how long your twenties even are, like how much of a chance you have to take that decade and do things with it. I'm not sure I would have gotten married. I think that a lot of that was me feeling like okay, I have to do this right now. You know, I have yeah. to prove that like I can be, um, a quote unquote, like good mom and do all the things a good mom would do. And one of those things to me felt like having a normal family life, 
following up with another sibling pretty quick. Like it just, I wanted my life to look like it was intentional. Like, like I meant for it to happen. And the truth was, I did not mean for it to happen. And I put a lot of pressure on myself as a mom and as just a girl trying to figure myself out in the world. And so in some ways, I kind of wish I would have moved back in with my parents and and seen how it gone it went. But, you know, then I wouldn't have the other kids that I have now. And yeah. you can't really you can't go back and second guess those things because it would change everything. But I can look at that now and say, I probably didn't. Nobody else at my age that I knew was putting the kind of pressure on themselves that I was putting on myself at that age. And um, I kind of wish I hadn't done that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Kia, this has been great. I love hearing your story about being a teen mom and a mom to teens and um, all of the different things that 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 can encompass. And um, definitely everyone should check out your Instagram and your Kia M Hammond on Instagram, correct? I am. Yeah. And we've got, we'll link that up in the show notes and we can also link to the episodes of the mom hour that you've been on and um, any of the other things that you've been involved with that we've done. I also want to mention that Kia will be back with our, another contributor, Jamie, for an episode on June 3rd. You want to tell us a little bit about what the topic of that episode will be? Yeah, so me and Jamie are talking about motherhood and technology. Yeah. So like what technology looks like in our motherhood, you know, with our smartphones and our social medias and just the challenges that that can, you know, propose. Yeah, I think that the the um, title we like the working title is something like when your phone when you always have a phone or something like that, like you could always reach for your phone. It's always there. Um, and that is definitely a newer challenge um, that, you know, when I was starting to have kids, we just didn't have. So I think it does create a lot of a lot of good conversation around technology and parenting. And I'm really looking forward to that episode. So that will drop on June 3rd. And we will talk to you then, Kia. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for listening to The Mom Hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you liked today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at The Mom Hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon.